Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring John Rizzo of MacWindows.com with proof that Windows 8 is a train wreck, it's a failure. We'll also have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. He'll tell you about Google and Flogic. What does that mean? All this and more this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have John Rizzo rejoining the Tech Night Owl Live. He is the force behind something called MacWindows.com. And before we get into the meat and potatoes of our discussion about Windows 8, John, welcome back to the show. Please tell our listeners what MacWindows.com is all about. Well, it's a website uh, I've been doing since 1997 that uh, it provides help with people working with Macs in a, in a Windows world and, and cross-platform issues and and uh, virtualization, running Windows on Macs, all, all kinds of things. All right. So let's look at an article that you wrote for MacWindows.com. But before we look at that article about why Windows 8 is a bigger flop than Vista, and we thought Vista was a flop, I want to ask your take on this. I've been watching the commercials that Microsoft has run. First of all, for the Surface tablet, where they're emphasizing the clicking, putting the touch cover to the unit, and it sounds to me like Kit Kat commercials for candy. Yes. <laughs> Instead of maybe trying to imitate Apple, they're imitating candy commercials. So if you want candy and you want to watch people dancing and prancing and acting like total idiots, then you buy a Surface tablet. That's the impression I get. But with the Windows 8 ads, I have no idea what they're selling. I don't understand it. What's your take? Yeah, I, I agree. The, the Surface ads, they're great dance routines. Um, they're, they're really, if you look at them, they're, they're really well done and real executed. Uh, you know, hats off to the performers. They but should they be on nothing. Broadway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should. Maybe they are. Who knows? But it says nothing about the product, either the hardware or the software. I mean, if you, if you look at the uh, you know, first few years or the very first iOS commercials, and even, even some now, you know, that, you know, there's an app for that. But they're showing you what, what it can do, you know, what it looks like, what it can do. All you see of, of Windows 8 is, is the start screen. And people sometimes drawing a picture of a heart, you know, well, you know, that's, that's all well and good, but, but what does the thing do? And that's the thing that Microsoft has not put across to people. Why should I buy Windows 8? What does it do? What does it give to me that I don't have with Windows 7 or with anything else? And, and um, you know, we don't know. And, in fact, when you look at it, when you play with it, they're, they're, it's not there. That, that question is not answered. Yes, this is downright confusing, I have to tell you. Downright confusing about what the purpose of this is, what advantage there is, and that's the big scene here, the big thing that Microsoft doesn't get across. If I'm a Windows user and I have my workflow already set for Windows, what does Windows 8 do for me to make me run as efficiently or more efficiently than I'm running now? I have to think about productivity. I have to think about my employees. Where is the gain? Now, I understand Windows 7 compared with Vista because... Vista was slow and buggy, so we have a speedier OS, more stable, more reliable, better compatibility with drivers and all that. 
But what's the advantage of Windows 8? I'm asking, and I can't get an answer from Microsoft. That is the interesting thing um, when you compare Vista to Windows 8. So Windows 8 does not have the market share, the small market share, five months after its launch that Vista had. And Vista was, at five months, was said to have failed already. And, you know, why is that? Vista, as you say, was buggy. It was slow. It was enormous. It was a lot of code. It had, a, you know, it just had a multitude of problems. Windows 8 does not have those problems. It's relatively solid. It doesn't crash. It, you know, performs well. You know, so it's, it's different than, than Vista in that respect. Um, what, it, what it does have, the negatives that it does have, is that it's very different and it's it's very difficult to learn how to use. It's not designed well. Um, the focus seems to be on Microsoft and not the user. The focus is to get um, an OS that will work on both a tablet and a PC, the same the same OS. And it's focused on Microsoft so that Microsoft could get into the tablet market. But for the user, it's almost incomprehensible. It's it's not that. Um, you know, new is um, bad, and different is bad necessarily. You know, you know if if, if things can, um, you know, the change from DOS to a graphics interface was new. Nobody knew knew how to use it, but you were able to. Well, one, you were able to figure it out, and two, it, it gave you new things that you didn't have before with with the command line. You know, so. Windows 8 uh, doesn't provide that. It's, it's, if you play with it, it's, even if you're a Windows expert, it's just hard to figure out on your own what, how to use the thing, you know, how to quit a program. You know? <laughs> um, Wait a minute. Uh, Explain yeah. this to me because this is very interesting, John. And that is we are all used to the discoverability of yeah. the Mac OS and to some degree Windows. So I'm in Windows 8 and I want to quit an app. What do I do? Well, it depends on the app, you know. I mean, there's no, oh. there's no, there's no close box. There's no consistency. You know, it, it depends on the back. The, the the gestures are are you know not you know you think a swipe is a swipe, but it t- depends on where you start. If you start in the corner, um, it does it brings up. There's a thing called the charm bar, but if you if you start to do the same swipe, but you know I'm talking with a finger now, and it's slightly off of that. It, it's a scroll, you know, and and there's there's nothing that tells you how to do this. There's no like pop-up menus or or you know it's hard to discover it on your own. What this means is that um, it's going to if you're in a business, you're going to have to retrain your people. You're going to have to provide everyone with training. in order to upgrade to Windows 8. And what do you get for that cost of that training? There really isn't anything apparent that you get for it. So why do it? So what what most businesses, and I think a lot of users are saying is, well, we'll wait for we'll wait for Windows 9 because it'll be great. You know, Windows Vista was a was a bomb, and and we waited for Windows 7, and we were rewarded with a nice OS. So, <laughs> I think that's where Windows 8 is, and you know, I don't think it can recover from that. That's why I say in the column that um, I think um, they're they're going to want to re- whatever the next version is, they're going to rename it. They're they don't want to call it, you know, Windows 8, uh, you know, whatever, you know, 8.1, they don't use those terminology, but, you know, they want to call it something else, because Windows 8 now has the stigma of failure, the stink of failure on it, and there's nothing they can do to change that. They can call it Windows 9, but there is supposedly a Windows Blue, which is a fixer-upper. 
that yes. is currently out there, but I heard they're going to call it Windows 8.1, so evidently Microsoft hasn't gotten the memo. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows at this point whether it's going to be a Windows 9. Microsoft hasn't said anything about it except acknowledging that it exists. There was something called Windows Blue that was leaked, that was leaked on the 24th, uh, just, just recently. And, um, you know, Microsoft has only acknowledged, like, yes, there's, there's blue, there's blue coming up, but we don't know really what it is. And, and according to the reports of the people who, who got it, um, it, it looks like it improves on that Metro interface. And that's the non-traditional interface with the squares that it fixes some of the problems in that. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I see it as like an early beta of something, whether it's, a, whether it's a Windows, you know, 8.1 or Service Pack 1 or Windows or the beginnings of Windows 9, I don't think we know, and I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, if I were Microsoft, though, I mean, they, they could put, they probably will put out fixes. They did with Vista. There was a Service Pack 1, you know, that actually fixed a lot of the problems. But like I say, it was too late by then because it had the stigma of failure already on it. But they, they will do, they will do it, you know. We have John Rizzo of MacWindows.com. We're covering the perceived failure, the obvious failure of Windows 8, and what does Microsoft do for an encore? I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You know, neighbors, meetings are essential to the way we work. It's an opportunity to share ideas, problem-solve, and even develop creative solutions. But you know, if your team is spread out in all sorts of different locations, you know, coming together can be an impossible task. That is, of course, unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. You know, it's the powerful, simple way to meet and collaborate online. And of course, when I try to get together with Chris and our guests for the show, you can see that we have to meet online because we can't get together. We're too far away. That's why we use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST at GoToMeeting.com. GoToMeeting. You see, meeting is believing. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. 
disaster can strike at any time. That's why Americans spend billions on insurance policies. But what about investing into disaster preparedness supplies, especially food? After Hurricane Sandy, people waited weeks for help to arrive. Be prepared for anything with Mountain House freeze-dried foods, the finest in the industry, packed in heavy-duty double enameled number 10 cans with over 99% of the oxygen removed for the longest shelf life of any product available and the taste absolutely delicious entrees meats vegetables fruits and desserts made in the usa just add hot water wait 10 minutes and serve save 25 percent on mountain house number 10 cans april 2nd through the 8th with free shipping to the lower 48 states visit freezedryguy.com that's freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663 866-404-3663 get 25 percent off april 2nd through the 8th act today don't miss out i have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it it certainly does work that's what jack from michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract i actually had a huge heart flutter i was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time while i was trying to sleep heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects it will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation after my second bottle of heart and body extract all problems are now gone Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of Heart and Body Extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order Heart and Body Extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have John Rizzo of MacWindows.com. We're focusing in large part on an article he wrote for the MacWindows.com website called Why Windows 8 is a Bigger Flop Than Vista. Now, we're not calling Windows 8 a bigger flop than Vista just because it's obtuse in terms of the user interface. We're talking about actual numbers, right? Right. The numbers, uh, it's Windows 8 has selling right now. It, it has um, something like almost half the market share not quite, but almost half the market share that Windows Vista had at its five-month uh, mark. And um, it's, this is the PC market. And in the tablet market, um, it's virtually non-existent as far as market share goes. It's just the tablets are just not selling. So Microsoft's goal of having you know, this operating this is supposed to be a feature, you know, that it's, it's on the PC, it's on your tablet, and it's that strategy has failed. And I think um, um, that it is safe to say that Windows 8 is a flop at this point. Not that it's going to be a flop, but it is a flop. At five months out, you know, the reviews from all over are terrible. Um, nobody likes it. Nobody wants to buy it. And um, it, it's really amazing, though. I, I was astounded that something could fail. Something as big as that from Microsoft could fail as 
you know, worse than Vista did. Because if you were around then um, and following this stuff, this, Vista was a tremendous flop. It was it was it, it was just highly criticized, you know, from from all angles and. You know, it was a joke at, you know, at one point people made jokes about it. And, and so Windows 8 to be a worse seller than Vista is quite an achievement, I have to say, for Microsoft. But the point to mention here, too, is that with a new operating system, the major part of the adoption curve is going to be early on. And Microsoft had this special right. discount. So if you bought the Windows 8 upgrade through January yeah. 31st, you paid, what, thirty nine ninety nine for the online version. And then it went up, what, three, four times that price. So wouldn't you think at that point that Microsoft would keep the lower price because all you're doing is just sending people away? I heard, and maybe you can confirm this or not, that the price to OEMs, to manufacturers, has been cut. Yeah, I've heard that. I haven't been able to verify that. I I don't know if that's the case, but I have heard that um, as a rumor. You know, not only that, not only did they cut the price at the beginning, but if you buy a PC you get Windows 8. Microsoft is not allowing OEM bundles of Windows 7 at this point. Um, so there, this market share includes, well, for whatever it is, it's probably made up almost entirely of new PCs that are, that are um, selling, which, which um, and, and this is also a depressed PC uh, market right now. Uh, and that's another angle to this story uh, that is very interesting. Because, uh, you know, the PC market has been in a slump, you know, with the recession. And also, you know, the fact that the tablet market has has uh, climbed, you know, the, the, the iPad um, it's not only been cannibalizing Macs, and that's, that's been reported, it's also been cannibalizing PCs as well, and, and you know, Android as well. And, of and, course, uh, understand, too, there are more PCs to cannibalize than Macs. Sure there are, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so, you know, the buzz was that, well, Windows 8 is going to be the great new thing that's going to, you know, um, you know, bump up PC sales. It's just what the industry needs. And now Windows 8 is being blamed for actually dragging down the PC market. You know, people don't want to buy PCs because it comes with Windows 8. And they're just going to hold on to their Windows 7 PC until, you know, 9 comes out. So they, they went from, you know, being the savior of the PC market to being, you know, the problem with the PC market. Intel blamed its it's a declining uh, quarter on Windows 8, you know, literally. <laughs> so this is, uh, um, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it's, it's, again, it's got that stigma, you know, a stigma of a loser, of a flop. <laughs> you know, if I'm Steve Ballmer right now, I have to be freaking, unless he's living in a bubble and has no concept of what's going on. He has to think we're spending all this money on this advertising campaign, it's going nowhere. Yeah. They're pushing the Surface tablet. That's going nowhere. In fact, the Surface Pro, which is the one that runs on Intel hardware, when you get it all equipped and everything, it ends up costing about as much or more than a MacBook Air. So might as well buy the MacBook Air. Well, who needs this disaster? And the other thing you mentioned before, that OEMs are not allowed to downgrade you to Windows 7? Right. They're, they're not allowed to. I, I suppose you could take it somewhere and have it done. I, I don't know. But you, you can't sell... Your PC, if you're Dell, you can't sell sell it bundled with Windows 7. You have to have to have Windows 8 installed. Well, of course, with Dell, you have to wonder who's going to own the company in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, that's true. They've got worse problems there. But this is a disaster. When- but don't you think, though, in terms of downgrading to Windows 7, 
anyone who's a reasonable power user can do that, you know. I mean, yeah, sure. the consumer is going to find it difficult because it's right. basically just wiping it clean and starting from scratch. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Businesses can do that. They're you know, if they need a new PC, they can they can you know wipe the disk and put Windows Seven on it. That's well, some still go to Windows XP. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, Windows XP was the world's leading uh, in terms of market share operating system until about a year ago. <laughs> it took that long for Windows Seven to catch up, but it was. It was over 10 years. You know, it was a, something like a 10-year-old operating system. That's, that, is, that says something. <laughs> it says a few things, but um, sure. it's very interesting. And, you know, I've gone to businesses still today, this very day, not today, but I go to a chiropractor, for example, and he has to use a special vertical market application that runs a medical office. Yeah. They're still using Windows XP. Yeah, yeah. You do see it. You do see it. So what a nightmare. I have to think here, too, with regard to the Surface tablet. Now, the RT version, which is the ARM-based version of the Surface that's supposed to compete with things like the iPad, Samsung won't build one. A lot of PC companies won't build one. Samsung's, I guess, his CEO or one of the executives has said, well, Windows 8 isn't doing very well. We're not going to bother with it. Now, that's got to be the unkindest cut of all. I mean, it sounds like they're anxious to bail, but they have no place to go. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's not unkind. It's. It's just a fact, of, a business fact. You know, why, why put money into developing and manufacturing, you know, hardware on a processor for an operating system that uh, isn't going to sell or isn't selling. You know, um, that's another problem with with the Surface tablet. You know that there are two versions and two versions of the operating system with two different processors, and I think that's a bit confusing um, for the for the average user. Um, One of yeah. the issues, of course, and John will explain this in the next segment, is the fact that. It isn't obvious, because they are running basically what looks to be the same operating system, that with the RT version, you can't run standard Windows apps. It also has a desktop layer, so you can go in there and get something equivalent to the desktop, the Windows desktop, but you've got a touch interface. I mean, the thing is a bit nonsensical, I think. John Rizzo of MacWindows.com joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hey, neighbors. Got a small business or a large company that needs to be online 24-7? Well, here's the little secret. To make sure your site is always online, you need world-class DNS service from Dyne. That's D-Y-N. For years, Dyne has been helping companies ranging from the scrappy young startup to the giant media moguls of the world with making sure websites are fast and always available and that your emails are getting delivered. D-Y-N. Get faster internet by using Dyne for DNS. Visit Dyne.com slash podcast 30. Fill out the contact form or start shopping right away and save 30%. By using the promo code PODCAST30 at checkout. Again, visit Dyne.com, that's D-Y-N.com, slash 
podcast 30. Check them out today. Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods' one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are natural, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in Mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day, 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com. Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. <laughs> then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. <laughs> Voila. Simple. How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop. Creative radio ads. Very affordable rates. Millions of potential customers and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. How's your pH today? Are you acidic? How alkaline is your blood and body? What is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high-pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615, 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So we're talking about the Windows 8 train wreck, and it's not because I'm saying it because I'm a Mac user or John Rizzo is saying it because he's long been involved with Macs. It is the fact of reality here. The reality is that sales and the market share of Windows 8 are not very good. And only now has Windows 8 reached a point where the market share is slightly larger than Mac OS 10.8. 
You have to think, you know, Apple has a few percent of the PCs around the world. Microsoft has over 90%. It's taken that long. This sounds to be a nightmare. So we have Windows Blue, which appears to be kind of a minor fixer-upper for Windows 8. That's not enough. Well, it it could be. I don't think we really know what it is. It it could be a minor fixer-upper that's going to come out very shortly. Um, It could be just a beta you know, of like a Windows 9, you know, very early beta. And, you know, maybe Microsoft doesn't know either what it's going to do with it. Um, I I imagine that they're changing their plan, that they want to get something out now as quickly as possible. Um, There's also rumors that they're going to switch, you know, they do an operating system now every three years or so, and that they're going to switch to Apple's models of um, issuing a, a new operating system every one or two years. Um, which would help in this case, but I think it's too early to you know to say what blue exactly is. We we know it's it's building on you know eight and it's it's something in the future, but what exactly we don't know. The other interesting thing is that when you read the accounts of what's in blue, it's all focused on the so-called metro interface, you know, not the not the old desktop, but the Metro stuff. And it's given rise to rumors and speculation that Microsoft is moving in the direction of dumping um, the desktop um, interface altogether. Well, certainly the people who are using Windows 8 now, a lot of them are probably just going to the desktop. Yeah. So if they can't have the desktop, is that going to force them to use Windows 8? No, they'll say, why am I doing this? Well, with Windows 8, I think you're right. There's there's that that's that case is lost um, but in a future operating system like a windows 9 we don't know if that's going to be the name either but um we'll call it that for now it i think it's conceivable that um they could dump the desktop and it could succeed um if it's done right uh, you know it, it would need software for it it would need you know all of the microsoft software or or equivalent there's talk of microsoft going all cloud software, you know, all software as a surface. I don't know how that'll work out, but uh, that's that's a possibility. So it needs software. It need it would need uh, all the developers developing for it. It would have to be much better than um, Windows 8 is. Uh, but just building it, I think it's a possibility. You know, I remember in the 1990s, um, the Mac pundits. Um, it was it was kind of fashionable at one point for for people to say, well, what's the next interface? We've had the Mac, the desktop, and folders and files. We've had it for you know 15 or 20 years, and and what's next? We need to go beyond it. And and you know the the, the iPads and the tablets um, do go beyond it. They they you know it's a it's just a different type of interface. And so. Now um, there's people saying, "Oh my God, they're gonna they're gonna get rid of the the desktop." But I I think it could be something um, innovative. It's it's possible. I, I don't know if they'll do it or not. But I I don't see the end of the desktop as you know something something tragic or you know bad. Um, Windows 8 does not do it. <laughs> it, it, it it's not going to happen with Windows 8, that's for sure. You have to think another way for Microsoft to fix it would be to restore the start menu and give people the option to just boot into the desktop and that's it. And just have yeah. it that way, have it work that way, and then it becomes what? An enhanced version of Windows 7 like Windows 7.5? I mean, under Metro or the interface formerly known as Metro, it is fundamentally more like Windows 7, isn't it? 
it needed um, a it needed to be transitional. If they're moving away from the desktop, Windows 8 needed to be something that blended the bo- both, that you could easily maneuver around the new desktopless interface and and find your way around and yet get to do it use your old software and, and do that but it's not a transition it's it's just too jarring yet yeah, you know there's a very popular um, um, app for uh, Windows 8 that restores the start menu and it's like an inexpensive little app and this like guy's a millionaire already you know because like everybody who hears about it wants it you know I forget what it's called but um, it's like a five dollar app something really yeah, inexpensive right, exactly right. but it makes it makes Windows 8 a lot more usable to to Windows users exactly but, but all that's know, doing not- is restoring what was there. And saying yeah. to people, well, the Windows 8 tile desktop doesn't make it. But then if you're looking at Microsoft, seeing they have a train wreck, and they have to see it in their sales and their profits and losses, they have to see it's not working the way they want. They could say, well, we'll continue to make it better, and we're doing this, and praise customers for adopting Windows 8, and they'll get the message eventually, and we'll make it work better. Or they could say, wait a minute, we've got to have like a Windows 8.5 here if we can't get 9 out. And just rejigger Metro and answer all the problems. And the problems are mostly lack of discoverability and making features difficult to figure out, such as, for example, closing an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I think you're right. I think they, they do need um, a, a major rev of, of eight uh, to. <laughs> but I don't think it's enough to save eight. Like I said, I, I don't think eight, eight is going to recover. Um, it could it could maybe stem stem the tide, but uh, no one's going to like eight. I mean, it's already poisoned. You know the name. I wanted to to get back to the hard the Surface hardware. I mean, the in the in the PC market. I mean, Microsoft is Microsoft, and and you know they're not going to lose the PC market with ninety percent. You know, uh, you know for for twenty years or whatever they've had. 90% market share and that's that that's not a problem for them. It's the tablet market that that I think is really the um and the phone market um which is the real problem for Microsoft. They've not been able to break into the phone market for years and they've had multiple iterations and they've had good hardware companies, you know, uh, making making good hardware products, but it it just has not taken off and neither is this. Um the, their phone uh the Windows 8 based Phone and tablets are not taking off. The tablets, um, they're 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 kind. It's kind of a weird launch. If you want to break in, you're competing against Apple and Google, right? Apple is the high end, you know, the nice, the Cadillac of tablets. You know, the inventor of the tablet, almost. Uh, you know, it's got beautiful hardware, and Google is the the low end, that the cheap, you know, work work. You know, it's the workhorse, so to speak. You know, and um, uh, inexpensive. And so, what does Microsoft do? They come out with a product that's more expensive than Apple by a by a slight amount, with with a you know with a brand new operating system, um, a confusing line, two two different tablets, two different processors, two different versions of the OS. And um, uh, you know, and that's what, and that's how they launch it. You know, it's it's really it's it's really strange. You know, um, you know, you would think that they would have placed it somewhere in the middle between between um, you know Apple and Google. You know, to kind of fill fill a space and 
um, you know, not had, uh, you know, so many, uh, you know, the two versions, which is confusing. Another odd thing is that it doesn't have, um, there's no option for um, cellular connections. So you can't, there's no, like, AT&T option to, to connect to, to uh, there's only Wi-Fi, which is odd for a tablet because you think of a tablet as being, you know, an Internet um, uh, you know, internet device. You're you're downloading music. You're you're you know, and especially Microsoft is moving to the cloud, and they put out this tablet that doesn't have cellular connectivity. It's very, it's a very odd decision. A very poor decision, I think. Who would have um, thunk it? But we got to do this kind of thinking. <laughs> we have John Rizzo of MacWindows.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and re-cleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. What do you do when your government is engaged in unconstitutional acts? And what should you do when our elected officials fail to uphold their oath to protect we the people from foreign and domestic enemies? Hello, fellow patriot. I'm Pastor Broden of the Constitutional Defenders of Texas, and we have discovered a constitutional answer to these questions. The answer is found in the First Amendment to the Constitution. The fifth platform in the First Amendment is the answer to our government operating in an unconstitutional way. The right to peaceably assemble and petition redress for grievances. Redress means to set right to amend. It is a remedy for a wrong or an ill perpetrated against we the people. 
Sign our petition for redress at c.x.com. That's c.dotx.com. Redress equals solution. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg hey i'm john rizzo of macwindows.com we are exploring the windows 8 debacle why microsoft has really messed it up and you kind of look at things here for example, this tiled interface, which is kind of reminiscent of the Zoom music player, where it started. And I guess the Xbox has it, too. On the Zoom, it was a failure. So Microsoft taking an interface that failed, and they put it on Windows Phone. And Windows Phone fails. And so they then take the failed interface, and they graft it onto a PC, where it's also failing. Now, someone once said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, thinking there's going to be a different result. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really great point to make. Uh, and, and you think they would have learned the, the Metro interface, the, met, the, the start screen, if you look at those icons, they don't tell you anything. <laughs> you know, if you look at app icons on a Mac or even icons in Windows 7 or in Windows 3.1, you know, they they, give, they provide some information about what the thing does. So, you know, the address book icon is a little book, you know. <laughs> the application folder is an A. There's something that, that gives you a clue. The, the Windows 8 Metro icons, they give you no clue <laughs> as to what, what they are. They're just pretty pictures, you know. And you don't um, even know, unless you know the name of no. the app, whether they can be executed as applications or whether you just have to look at them because they give you updated messages. You don't know what they do. You don't know what their function is. They're different sizes. And the other thing that bothers me, too, is you have these dark colors and you have light lettering, very thin light lettering. And as people know who design websites, you put thin white lettering on a dark background, what happens? You can't read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. For for the... Uh, uh for the sight impaired or, or you know, 
anyone over you know, over 50 um it's it's an issue you know it's an issue if you can't read it what what good is it welcome to the social obviously microsoft hopes that the kids are going to adopt windows 8 and i don't know what the demographics are but obviously people are not using it and i see where microsoft can change things around over a year or two by fixing what ails windows 8 but windows phone the market's not going to give them much time. It's already Android and iOS. Even BlackBerry yeah. may be doing, I guess, decently, but they're not going to come back. How much time does Microsoft think they have to straighten things out in the mobile space? It's interesting to to compare uh, Windows Phone and BlackBerry, BlackBerry 10. Um, BlackBerry 10 is you know trying to make a comeback blackberry is trying to you know formally um ram rename the company blackberry which was smart and um trying to make a comeback the company the company's last quarter was not great but it was not not bad you know it was just kind of uh surviving which means the 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 phone is surviving the blackberry 10 operating system got rave reviews the the new york times loved it it got a lot of great press and and so and where they are, you know, basically trying to break in again against Google and Apple is is kind of you know status quo, not 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 crashing and dying, but not really taking off yet. I mean, it's still possible, although they don't they don't have that long to prove it. Now, Microsoft Microsoft Phone has not gotten rave reviews <laughs> like BlackBerry um, at all, and um, it's gotten pretty crappy reviews. Um, uh, almost universally, and so you know, what are the chances that 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 is going to take off? I mean, pretty slim, very slim. You know, the the fact that they have ninety percent of the PC market, people don't really care about that, and I don't think businesses care about that either. So, now the other thing about it, let's just focus on the mobile space for a couple of minutes here. Interesting here about. Apple, iOS versus Android. But then we look at the rollout of the flagship smartphone from Samsung a few weeks ago, the Samsung Galaxy S4. It's going to be distributed this month, and we'll have a sample to look at from Samsung, they tell me. In any case, if you look at the media event, which got a lot of coverage, they hardly, if at all, mentioned Android. It was all about the hardware specs, it was all about the fact that it's a little bigger, a little thinner, a little more powerful. They talked about the proprietary apps that Samsung provides with these gestures where you hold your fingers over the device but don't touch it, almost like a proximity sensor, and like the Power Mac G4 Cube, if you want to use an example. The key being here is they talked about all this stuff, but Android is just playing third fiddle, not second fiddle, third fiddle. Right. I, I think it's because it's it's Samsung has has gotten such uh, a reputation as as a you know quality uh, phone you know a big a big player in the phone market and you know producing good products that um, that it's a better it's a better brand for buying a phone than than Google is. Um, I think people think of Samsung as the phone. Manufacturer, not Google. It's kind of like, um, you know, uh, jet airliners. You think of, of um, you know, an airplane as a 767. You don't think of the Pratt and Whitney 
engine that is that lift the thing off the ground and make it move you think still think of it as a boeing and i think i think that's kind of the way it is so in this case here the most popular android phones are samsung phones but now you have a bigger problem which is what does google do they have a monster on their hands they have no control over this platform samsung can do what they want they could even fork android and make something even more exclusive more different and they're developing their own OS, too. So at some point in time, the whole Android framework, such as it is, can fall apart at the whim of Samsung. Because if Samsung is going elsewhere and they take their customers with them, where does Google go? <laughs> um, it's, it's possible, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. That's, that's a very good, uh, good question. It's a very dangerous thing, too. Do you play with some of those Android phones? I play with them. Um, I don't have one. Um, I'm kind of an iOS uh, fan, I guess. But uh, I mean, they're. I, I think they're. I can. I can see why they're so popular. I mean, they're. They're very usable. It's not the iOS experience, but um, uh, I, I think they are good. They're good phones. It's kind of like Windows and the Mac. It's the 85% solution, where you figure yeah, well, Windows I'm, is almost as good as the Mac. Therefore, it's cheaper. We'll do it. With an Android phone, of course, the high-power phones, the flagship phones, cost the same as an iPhone. But you have all the free phones that have running Android. But the thing is here, it's the same thing about 85%. I mean, you can get to do a lot of things. There are a lot more options to customize. But because there are a lot more options to customize, and sometimes you have more than one app installed by default to do the same thing, you can really get confused. And the other thing is here, it's ragged at the seams. You sometimes have to manually kill apps before it clogs up and locks up. You have to restart it more often. So in the end, yes, it works just fine. But you have to make a little more effort to make it work fine. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do. It, it, the, the comparison to Windows and Mac is a good good comparison. I mean, there's other, there's other uh, you know, Mac is, ex- iOS is exclusive to Apple hardware. The Mac is exclusive to Apple hardware. Windows runs on all different hardware. You know, same with, with Android. So the, the models are, are there. The, the big difference is that Apple has a much bigger share of the phone market than, uh, than it has in the PC market. Uh, so um, Apple's in, in a... It's what, what made Apple what it is today, really. And looking at that, and we'll go into more of this in our next segment, and that is all this Apple is dead stuff that's going oh, on yeah. now. It killed the stock price. I'll give you another example of this. Now the story comes out, and we all knew this, but they're treating it as something new, that before he died, Steve Jobs approved the next two generations of iPhones. Now, this is a big revelation, but I guess... To one extent, they're saying, look, the new products from Apple, they were still designed by Steve Jobs, even though he's been dead since the fall of 2011. So he's controlling the new products from beyond the grave because he greenlit them. But the problem with that is you could either look backwards with Apple or realize, yes, he did, but Apple still has to fine-tune them, still has to prepare them for manufacturing, can still, based on market conditions or final development, say, no, this product may have looked like a good idea in 2011, but in 2013, 2014, it's not such a good idea because market conditions have changed, the hardware we have out there is different, the cost of building it don't make sense. What makes sense is we're talking with John Rizzo, 
I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the People grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Amino acids have to be delivered to your body in the shape that nature gave them if they are to be used to create new proteins in your body. Just like a bricklayer cannot use bent or twisted bricks to build a brick wall, so too your body cannot use bent or twisted amino acids to build new proteins. Giving your body an undamaged amino acid food can make a huge difference in your health. One World Way is an undamaged amino acid food unlike any other. You see, heating bends and twists amino acids, and all whey protein powders we've investigated, and most proteins you consume are heated. With our True Cool process, you now have a choice with One World Way. My name is Daniel. I'm 34 years old. When I started using One World Way, I weighed 228 pounds. Now, after two and a half months, I weigh 182 pounds. This is my ideal weight. I've noticed an increase in stamina, rate of recovery from workouts, and an increase in my potency. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. John Rizzo of MacWindows.com, where they talk about integrating the Mac and integrating Windows, so he looks at the cross-platform issues. But do you get the point I'm referring to with regard to the story about what Steve Jobs did? It makes perfect sense. Why is it unusual to think that before he died, knowing the end was near, he would work on key products to get them going, to get the essence of these new products going, and then Apple's engineering team would continue. But the other thing is, Jobs told Tim Cook, and Tim Cook has said this, don't consider what I would have done had I been here, that's the mistake that Walt Disney Corporation made when Walt Disney died, is what would Walt have done? Do what you guys think is best. So yes, Steve Jobs may have had input on products going through 2014, 2015, but the final decision is up to Apple's current team, as is new products. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the thing is that, that 
Apple, you know, in, in, in the past 15 years, they've, they've always had a pipeline, a pipeline of products coming up, you know, in different stages, and they're pushing them out. But Jobs was never afraid to kill any of them. You know, they, he, he would kill products before they, they saw the light of day. He would kill products that were, you know, out already and, and um, you know, software, hardware, and he was not afraid to do that. So the idea that he would say, this is what you're going to do, it's, it's very unjobsian, you know. <laughs> that's that's just not his uh, belief on how how to succeed. So um, I, I yeah I don't I don't buy into that that either. I don't think Apple is going to um, fail either. <laughs> you know the the rumors. Gene, you know you've been around as long as I have, and and uh, the the Apple is dead. Uh, pronouncements have been happening for. Um, 20, 30 years, and I'm not surprised that they're still happening. So, problem is the 24/7 news cycle. Any rumor about Apple gets repeated and enhanced and amplified and extrapolated, and that kills the stock price. So right now, yeah. for example, we don't know what Apple's going to do for announcing the March quarter. We'll know on the 23rd of April, I think. Apple could report a modest increase. They could meet guidance. They could report a sales decline. I don't know. We do know that NPD Group has cataloged sales increases for Macs in the U.S. And NPD Group gets pretty good numbers. Not like some of these other companies that estimate things. NPD Group bases it on real sales through real stores. So they have a good picture. So if we see that Mac sales are probably up because the iMac is now fully available, if iPhone and iPad sales keep up with a good clip, Apple does well. But Whatever Apple does is never good enough. So how do we spin that? Yeah, you know that quarter, the the, the Apple stocks started going down in in December, and that was actually a good quarter for for Apple. You know, at a time when the PC industry is is like you know depressed, Apple has a good quarter. It's actually you know it was a bit better quarter. It was up over a year ago, but it wasn't as high as you know, analysts uh, wanted it to be. So they pronounced it a bad quarter, you know, and Apple stock took a nosedive. But, um, you know, it's still, just because that happened, it still was a good quarter, and Apple is still a sound company, regardless of what the stock price is and regardless of what what the analysts are saying. You know, it's the, the company is still there. They still have a lot of cash. Um, they are still making profits for their shareholders. So, um, you know, that's that's the reality. Well, the reality is, I guess, that Apple will probably have to announce something new soon. I mean, if you look at the product intros so far this year, we had a slight freshing or refreshing of the MacBook Pro line, a cheaper 13-inch with Retina display and more powerful 15-inch models at the same price as before. We had a slight change in the chip used for the Apple TV, but no change in performance. And we had the 128-gigabyte version of the iPad for, I guess, high-end users. Now, I guess the question would be, and I'll ask you this, the next iPhone is now predicted to arrive in the summer, which doesn't strike me as surprising because the iPhone 5 arrived 11 months after the iPhone 4. In September, the previous introduction was October. Following that, you could say that maybe the iPhone 5S or whatever it's called arrives in August or even July. I guess that makes sense. But they're talking about a cheaper iPhone. How does that work? 
Right, that's that is what the well when you say they the the rumor mill is talking about a cheaper iPhone. I mean it could be to, Yes, what is to, they? The metaphorical they. They, right, the the blogosphere. Um, you know, the 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 rumors are that it's plastic, you know, lower the cost by making the body out of plastic. Kind of, you know, and and uh it's it's possible. Apple has never done that though. I mean, um you look at the whole time uh you, you know, the Macs and whatnot. They've never tried to do that to compete at the low end so it wouldn't be be very different for apple to do so i i don't know yeah but one of the things of course to consider here is that the market for smartphones is different apple has made cheap gear obviously there is an ipad mini which is cheap as far as apple goes there's a mac mini for 599 started at 499 that was the cheap mac released several months after apple said they would make a cheap mac and you have to look at the iPod, which starts at $49. So it makes sense for Apple to have a lower-cost device, and I don't mean selling the one that's two years old, free with a two-year wireless contract, because a lot of parts of the country, a lot of parts of the world, don't use the subsidies. And even though T-Mobile has said, well, we're giving up the subsidies, they're selling you the phone on time if you want to buy it that way, so you still pay it out over two years. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't consider the Mac Mini uh, a low a low end or a low priced uh, desktop because it doesn't come with the monitor and keyboard. When you throw in that cost and you look at some of the entry entry level uh, Windows now Windows 8 <laughs> computers, um, it, it's it's not really trying to to compete with them. I think it's it's um, you know in the Mac space it has has its function. But uh, it's still not, you know, um, trying to be, you know, a PC, you know. So there you go. Well, what's your feeling? Then you think there's going to be a cheaper iPhone, partly because Apple needs to enter key markets where they need the lower cost device. I have to think of China. China is an important market, and the people in China don't all have the money to buy an unlocked iPhone four, even. But if you can offer something for the equivalent of a hundred or two hundred dollars less, that would make sense. And did you see? Speaking of China, Tim Cook just um, apologized to China for not having a two-year warranty. Um, they've had a one-year warranty, and apparently, there's a law in China China that products have to have two-year warranties, and Apple hasn't respected that. So. He had to apologize. <laughs> so I guess they're going to offer that. But this is the Tim Cook apology tour. Yes. <laughs> and he also toured the Foxconn plant in China, promised they would help Foxconn fix its act up and be able to provide safer working environments for employees, get them raises, that kind of thing. The Apple apology tour, the apology for MapGate, where Maps for iOS 6 wasn't so good. So Tim Cook signs an apology letter. Now, in a sense, Steve Jobs apologized, but was always kind of an indirect apology. Like when we had the antenna gate thing with the iPhone 4, he said, well, we'll give you your money back if you don't like it. We'll give you a free case if you want it. But the problem is not a defective design. It's really the laws of physics. It's not our fault. Yeah, humble humble was never a word to describe uh, Steve Jobs. Right, well, Tim Cook is more even-handed on that. I don't think it's anything that 
he should be criticized for. He's a different guy, and that's the way he runs his company. He has to run it the way he's inclined to do so, according to his instincts and his knowledge and abilities. Obviously, he's a hard-nosed negotiator. Look at what he did with the supply chain in allowing Apple to do what they did. So, yeah. obviously, he knows what he's doing, but his manner and his attitude are going to be a little more accessible and less mercurial. We have the non-mercurial. He likes that. John Rizzo at MacWindows.com, where we talk about all about Windows Mac integration. We've got one more segment to spend with him. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live, and we've got one more. And then a little bit later, we'll hear from Daniel Aaron Dilger on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Your freedoms are on the line. The Second Amendment is in danger. How soon before your freedoms are taken away? What can you not live without? What is your greatest dependency? Is it your guns? Is it your home? No, it's food. It all boils down to the food supply. Tyrannical governments control people by controlling their food supply. Don't be dependent. Be self-sufficient. Don't wait for the government to feed you. Feed yourself. I can warn you, but I can't feed you. Do like Alex has done and get a supply of food from eFoods Direct. It's the best long-term storable food on the planet. Get the popular Mega Patriot Pack free. A 24-day supply of food plus stove, cook pot, and fuel. Call 800-250-1857 or go to eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex and get up to 20 Mega Patriot Packs free with purchase. Build your food supply, be in control, be self-sufficient, and be a patriot. Call 800-250-1857 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex and get your free Patriot Pack today. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. 
The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. John Rizzo of MacWindows.com, where they talk about Mac and PC integration and all those issues. We talked about his articles, about this recent article, especially about what a failure Windows 8 is and what is Microsoft to do next. But we're focusing more on Apple, and this will be something that you might want to address because of a certain book that you wrote. And that is that Apple is moving away from professional customers. And Final Cut Pro 10 or X was considered an example of dumbing down an application to cater to prosumers or serious consumers and not so much the professional industry. And you wrote a book about Mountain Lion Server for Dummies. We're talking about Apple's server software. Now, comparing that to their previous server software, do you think Apple dumbed it down? Um, Yes, they did. The height of their you know, aspirations for an enterprise server was Snow Leopard uh, server. And uh, that had the most broad features that you might use, you know, in the enterprise. And then it could also run on uh, a rack-mounted Mac, you know, the XServe, which they also discontinued. Um, they're, they're trying to focus, they, well, not trying, but they did refocus the server with Lion and Lion server to out of the the enterprise space and into the 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 group space you know the 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 small uh cluster of Macs or a school or something like that or or even a home and uh and and to to just to refocus it and it it has some nice features you know it's it's got profile manager uh that that can let you handle um, your iOS devices and 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 uh, you know manage them, configure them, you know push software to them, uh, you know have policies, group policies. So if you're in a if you're in a uh, if you have iPads in a classroom setting, you can prevent uh, you know people from accessing the App Store if you want to, because you don't want your students to you know download apps. Um, uh, so um, it, it does have some nice features. I think Mountain Lion Server is much better than than Lion Server. Lion Server was kind of jarring for 
OS X server uh, administrators because they, they just took out a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, it wasn't there. And some of it was there, but you didn't know it because it was there only in the command line. And Mountain Lion Server put some of that stuff back. Um, they improved the interface of the, man the new management tool, the user-friendly, you know, uh, uh, dumbed-down, if you will, management tool, which is just called the server app. And, um, and the other big thing is that they lowered the price. Um, Snow Leopard server was five hundred dollars, um, and uh, you know they lowered the price to twenty dollars um, or fifty dollars. No, I should I should remember that. But so it's it's quite a jump. They want people to use it. They want more people to use it, and uh, they've just given up on on uh, you know the, the the enterprise space and let Microsoft have it. Well, I think that's part of the example right there. The enterprise was not using. OS 10 servers, so they went towards the customers who existed. And then, of course, a lot of people who set up, say, web servers nowadays use Linux. They don't use Microsoft. So yeah. you don't have to worry about that. And even with the Linux servers we have, we have a Linux server that sends our website out. And sure. it has management software, something called cPanel. It has management software that's perfectly decent. It's not as good as a Mac, but it's a perfectly decent graphical user interface it lets you do most of the stuff you need to do to set up your server so you don't have to explore command line if you don't want so the need for an os 10 server doesn't really exist in that market you have plenty of low-cost hardware you have plenty of good stuff in terms of operating systems and server software to operate your servers you don't need to do that what you do need is you say groupware having a central repository for files, being able to push updates, having the corporate or the company mail server, that kind of thing, less complicated things, and still run a web server if you want to. But a lot of the tasks are more oriented towards people who are not trained in IT management. Right. It's got a very nice wiki environment that um, is is all set up. When you install it, all you do is... is launch it, you know, and um, it's a collaborative environment and people can, can share, you know, documents and, and graphics and whatnot. And it's, it's very nice. I um, don't know anything else that's like it. Um, uh, so, and it can I mean, run basically really on any Mac. It doesn't require special hardware. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people use uh, Mac minis um, for OS 10 server because it's, uh, you know, you don't need uh, a monitor, and you can stick it uh, in in a well under a desk if you have to rack, you know, in a drawer, you know, just about anywhere. And uh, um, it's it's the mini has actually um, gotten fast enough to make it a, a viable uh, server. And there is, as a matter of fact, a version of the mini which is oriented towards server use. Yeah, it's got uh, two hard drives in it. Right, it's called Mac Mini with OS X Server. It costs $999. And in terms of what it does, it's as good as an entry or medium-level server. I guess maybe it doesn't have all the redundancy because, you know, a lot of these big servers have double power supplies, extra drives. But you can hook it up with an external Thunderbolt drive array and get most of that covered. As long as the drives are external, if the hardware fails, it's cheap enough, you throw in another one. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're if you're getting serious, you know, you want a RAID, but you can get RAIDs, a RAID, uh, you know, set up for, for not so much money. You know, Lassie has them. So, um, 
you know, the two drives is good because you 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 want to have um, you want to keep the the OS and the server software on a separate drive from the data. Usually, that's that's best practice because you don't want to you fill up the drive accidentally, you know, and then the server comes to a grinding halt. But so that's that's kind of um, basic operation, but it's it's probably good enough for, for some users. You know? And if you want to spend some extra money on them, they give you more memory. You can buy solid-state drives. You can buy two 256-gigabyte solid-state drives for $600. Of course, Apple doesn't give you the best prices on that, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Tell our listeners about MacWindows.com in the next 30, 40 seconds. MacWindows.com is uh, it, it's kind of a um, uh, troubleshooting site if you if you have a problem with with uh, running Windows on a Mac or need some information some basic information or you have a Mac on a network you want to integrate with Active Directory or you're trying to to connect to Exchange Server from your Mac um, uh, we have information there uh, up on those kinds of topics. If you go to MacWindows.com, you'll find more about it. Because John Rizzo has been at this game for a number of years. The site goes back to the 1990s. So anything about Mac Windows integration, and maybe with Windows 8, (laughs) it's even more important. He'll tell you what it's all about and all the issues. Coming up next on the Tech Night Out Live, we have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine, AppleInsider.com, with some really fascinating insights. John Rizzo, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. My pleasure. Thank you. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. 
Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. <laughs> then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. <laughs> Voila. Simple. How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop. Creative radio ads. Very affordable rates. Millions of potential customers and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and Body Extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for long and healthy life. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Daniel Aaron Dilgrove, Roughly Drafts with Magazine, AppleInsider.com. Daniel, first of all, there's the story that we mentioned in the first interview here with John Rizzo of MacWindows.com, that according to Net Applications, which kind of checks different sites and visitors and checks where they're coming from, what operating systems they're using, and according to their stats, the adoption rate of Windows 8 after five months is half that of Windows Vista. Daniel, is this emerging as a major a major failure from Microsoft? Well, that isn't a good statistic. But if you look at what actual OEMs are saying, the people that build computers that put Windows on them, everybody is saying that this touch stuff does not work. I mean, it doesn't. it's not that it doesn't work at all. It's that no one wants it. I think Acer came out and said that. Um, Samsung. I mean, all these different companies are like seriously looking at, you know, Chrome OS or something. Um, looking at what options they have for, for moving forward because there's just not selling. So when you have the top heads of Microsoft's hardware partners saying things like that, you don't need to, you don't need to look really detailed stats to find out why Windows 8 isn't happening. When the OEMs won't even build the gear. Well, they'd be happy to build it if somebody was going to buy it, but they, well, that's it. it's clear that no one's really interested in this. And, you know, this is... This wasn't hard to predict. We're, you know, we're, I think we talked about this years ago. I mean, we're looking at Microsoft was basically saying we're going to take 
we're going to make an iPad type experience, but it's going to be the same sort of hybrid laptop, you know, slate sort of everything in one and as good as everything and none of the flaws of any of it. It just didn't make sense. And, you know, they, they spent a couple of years putting on, putting windows on arm, porting it to arm and their first product to come out. I mean, the, the first product to get a lot of mention was the surface RT, which really flopped. I mean, it wasn't fast enough. It was too complicated. It was, it was just not a great product. And once you do that, I mean, that's just not good. If you look at the, in, in, if you compare it to Apple's product transitions, which Apple's a much smaller company, they have, you know, it's in some cases, you know, when they went to PowerPC and when they went from PowerPC to Intel, they had a smaller base that was more unified and they could make things happen. But when they did that transition, they had backward compatibility. They released new products that were better than the products they had before. You know, when they released Intel Max, it wasn't like, you know, here's a, a slow plotting piece of junk, but it's going to get better. It was, this is much faster than the thing we sold last year. With You can't say that about the Surface RT. There's already products, you know, that with Intel chips that are much better than that. So they really handled the transition really poorly. They came up with products that established everything about their strategy was wrong. And they did it with this layer of, you know, Metro. They don't call it that anymore. But this was a, a badge of failure that went from the Zune to Windows Phone to now they're going to put it on their Monopoly operating system. It's like how many... How many bad decisions can you pack into one paragraph? Well, of course, when you're looking at the entire situation, you have to ask yourself, what need do they think they filled? Because you think if you're coming out with a new product, if you're going to throw away your old operating system in terms of the major interface elements, there has to be a need for it. I mean, we understand when Apple went from Mac OS to OS X, there was a need for a multi-threading operating system with preemptive multitasking and memory protection, all the other great features. We understood why Apple did it to embrace cutting-edge technology, even though, of course, Unix had been around for years, embrace the latest and greatest. With iOS, they developed a special user interface to work on mobile gadgets, and it was so good that everybody else was imitating it except for Microsoft. So the question I want to ask, and you probably have no answer because Microsoft has no answer, what need do they think they were intending to fill with Windows 8? Uh, the need that they were trying to fill was trying to be like Apple. And the, that's the problem. If you, the thing that you said about you know Apple having this need to have operating system features, that was what people thought in the early 90s. When Mac, when you know, it was called System 7 at the time, which we called the classic Mac OS 10 years later, in the in the early 90s, you know, Apple was working on all this stuff, and it was kind of failing in Copeland and all, all these operating system projects. They were trying to get these, they kept calling them modern operating system features. They went on for several years not being able to really deliver it. And, you know, Steve Jobs took over Apple and started talking about how they're going to replace, replace it with Next and come up with OS X. But then there was a period of something like five years. It was like 90 you know, 96 to 2002, uh, quite a long period of time when Steve Jobs started reselling this product that had five years before that been written off as something nobody wanted. And he kept selling Mac OS to Mac users. And the thing was, people didn't really want the things that the magazines were telling them they wanted. People thought that they wanted preemptive multitasking and all this stuff, but what they really wanted is just something that worked. 
So well, that's looking the, the, for the geek version and for the non-geek version, because let's face it, the original Mac OS had become more and more unstable. Yes, I mean, there were certainly problems, and there were things that needed to be addressed, and they were being addressed in the background. But the thing that, that Jobs focused Apple on was not trying to solve some target that other people were doing, but selling a product to a customer. So finding out what they wanted, exactly, you know, what would sell them. And what Microsoft has been doing, like over, you know, throughout the 80s and 90s when Microsoft, or, you know, throughout the 90s, when Microsoft had sort of a monopoly of the operating system and they were kind of doing whatever, they were doing whatever they thought was best for their customers. And it wasn't like the nicest looking stuff because they were selling to IT people. But it was stuff that was pretty reliable, you know, increasingly reliable, you know, in the you know, around 2000, Windows 2000 and Exchange Server and all this stuff, we're just getting to the point where it was it was something that people um, could rely on to do a business. And they got sidetracked when they started looking at Apple and what, you know, what Jobs Apple was doing. And all of a sudden, Windows 2000 had to become, you know, Mac OS X, Windows XP. And then Vista had to, like, incre- introduce all of this graphics compositing engine that Apple had done five years earlier. And they started putting, making it into this kind of consumer facing iMac sort of product that was not really what their customers wanted to buy. So Vista was started to be a flop and then they started pulling it back. And then they just continued this kind of relentless, like customer, you know, consumer level focus for software that should really be not look like that. I don't think. So I think Microsoft's problem was they lost track of what their customers wanted. And they just assumed that everybody wanted something that looked like it was from Apple. And then, you know, ironically, you're talking about the Metro interface that they came upon. I don't think it's good. I don't, I mean, if you look at the, the sales, why did the Zoom not sell? I, I think partly it was... a a product that Microsoft had no business being in. I mean, they don't know how to sell devices. That's not what their business is. They're not Apple. And they kept trying to be Apple. And, you know, with phones, I mean, they, they didn't need to come out with their own phone. They had their own strategy. But instead of doing things in a way that made sense for Microsoft and their customers, they just kept trying to be Apple. And it's not... If you look at Apple, when Apple's tried to be somebody else, it's not worked out for them either. It's very hard to like step out of your comfort zone and, and be as good as somebody who's been that for some period of time. And so part of the problem is I think Microsoft is trying to be something that they're not. And the way that they're just purely copying the Apple stores and just trying to copy everything Apple does. And at the same time, you know, like Windows Phone is, it's not a copy of iOS, but it's, um, it's trying to be the same product this kind of consumer-facing like thing that um, focuses on the interface as opposed to being able to synchronize with Exchange or whatever. I just think their priorities are all off. <laughs> we'll get into more of that in a moment. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We'll continue with the Microsoft discussion on the other side. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods' one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are natural, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in Mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com. Time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Well, the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me. Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition. 
reputation by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger, roughly drafted magazine, AppleInsider.com. We're focusing here on the missteps that Microsoft has made. We're seeing now the adoption rate for Windows 8 at historic lows. And we have to wonder what Microsoft's going to do next. They're coming out with something called Windows Blue, which is supposed to be a fixer-upper for Windows 8. Is that the ticket? I haven't looked a lot of it. It's, it's Windows 8.1, I guess they're going to call it. I mean, Blue is like the code name, so it's an, it's an update. But, you know, it solves some things and adds some features. And I don't see how that's going to change the trajectory of a product that no one is interested in. And it's kind of remarkable how how bad it's doing because you'd think it would be sort of a slam dunk to come out with a new version of Windows. But apparently not. It's kind of interesting. You remember, you know, back, you know, 2006, I was writing these articles about how Microsoft was slipping and they were going to run into some pretty severe problems um, being sandwiched between open source and Apple. And everyone was like, oh, Dan, you're such a r- ridiculous fanboy. <laughs> That's kind of satisfying to see it happen to an extent that I didn't even imagine. Well, I can see here where all the things you predicted, a lot of them are coming true. Yes, it's very satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Especially about Microsoft. I mean, I hate to see a company fail like Microsoft for one reason, which is you've got, what, 80,000, 90,000 people working for them. If the business doesn't work as well, people, maybe they get salary freezes. They lose their jobs, and heaven's sake, there's enough people unemployed as it is. But does Microsoft at this point look to the person who has to be responsible, which is Steve Ballmer, and dump him and maybe his team and get some new people in there? How do they fix the problem? And can they do that? Will Bill Gates even let them do it? I think at some point they'll have to. But, yeah, there's no indication. It's really hard to look at Ballmer and think... I mean, I, I think a lot of it is that he's, you know, he just presided over a coasting period for so long that people didn't realize that it's really easy to coast. And so, and at the same time, it'd be very difficult. You know, as people talk about, you know, anytime people see anything they don't like about a company, they're like, oh, you have to dump the CEO. And it's like, well, that's ridiculous. You know, even people, you know, Apple's like the best performing company on earth right now. And people are like, oh, it's something I don't like. So we need to get rid of Tim Cook, you know? So, you know, getting, getting rid of Balmer, I mean, thinking about it, it probably wouldn't have too many downsides, but there would be a lot of interruption, and you'd have somebody else. And how would they be better? So you have people like Sanofsky. You know, he was kind of being set up as the next... I mean, he was kind of thought of outside the company as being, like, the next person to take over. And I'm sure that he thought that. And so to have him, like, kind of be summarily dumped because of things not working out well, 
makes you think who else could run this company? Well, that's the problem there. Do you get another salesman in there? Do you get somebody with technological experience? Is there somebody in Microsoft's bullpen among current executives who's a rising star who could do the job? Well, there's been a number of of, uh, company profiles, kind of expose-type articles, talking about how the culture of Microsoft is very much about holding each other down. It, it, It makes me think of, you know, when you go to... Chinatown and you see a bucket full of lobsters and they're all just like trying to get out and they push each other down. <laughs> so it's like, as they're trying to get up, they're pushing everybody else down and taking them down with them. And the, so the, stop the, hiring lobsters over at well, Microsoft. That's the problem. Culture. Sure. It's, it's kind of a culture. I mean, you know, you could throw in a, a new lobster and he's just going to get pushed to the bottom. Um, one of the example, I mean, just one of the examples, um, the office division and then you know they were trying to come out with these tablets and with tablet pc the office group was like we don't like that we're not going to make software for it and it's like well wait a minute if you're not going to like work together on whatever your problem you're solving you're not going to be able to perform like a company that is you know leaner and focused i mean one of the things about apple was you know people take it for granted because apple does some really amazing stuff and people just assume that it's normal it's like when you get the newest iPhone or newest computer or whatever, and it's blazing fast, you almost immediately make that your baseline of what how fast a computer should be. You don't appreciate it all day long, thinking, wow, this is fast. You just think, this is how it should be. And if you go back to an older one, it's like, whoa, this is, this is so slow, I almost can't use it. And so the, the competency that Apple is demonstrating, people just look at that and they're like, oh, of course, that's what you should do. You should be able to come out with an entirely new mobile phone OS and a new desktop OS. And if they're not flawless and perfect, you can complain about it because they should be. I mean, people's expectations for Apple are just stratospherically high. And so they look at other companies like, well, why can't they do it? Why doesn't any other phone maker on earth maintain their own successful operating system? Because it's a lot of work. Well, look look what Samsung is doing, by the way. Samsung comes out with the Galaxy S4, which is going to be shipping later this month. I think they take pre-orders on April 16th at AT AT&T. Okay, so the hardware improvements are minuscule. It's just the current state of generic hardware. But all the software things they're doing, Daniel, are proprietary to Samsung. There might be a lot of fluff in there. But none of it is about Android. Android was barely mentioned at their rollout. Well, that's true, because Samsung's advertising of Android really isn't in their, doesn't suit them for any purpose anymore, because everyone knows that it's Android, and so at this point, they're trying to differentiate themselves from other Android offerings, instead of being put on the shelf right next to an HTC One, and, you know, all the Android nerds are saying that it's better. Well, they don't want to associate with that. They want it to be, this is, all you think about is the Galaxy. And so they're coming up with proprietary features that, that make sense. But if you look at, you know, the way they showed off their new phone... It wasn't, you know, here's a new layer of operating system savvy that's, you know, similar in sophistication to iOS. It's here's our last year's phone with, you know, it's bigger and it's faster. And we have, you know, a half dozen cool new app features. And that's what they are, you know, being able to, their app features built into the OS, but they're pretty minor features. They're quite sophisticated technology behind it. They it took, took work to, to get them done, but they're sort of, um, they're not really core, super useful things. They're sort of like, you know, little features overall. 
they're not going to, people aren't going to say, I'm going to buy that phone specifically for, you know, whatever. Specifically for smart scroll. That's one of the features where you look at the phone and you tilt it up or down to scroll through a text page. Yeah, like eye tracking features. And if you, um, if you look at the reviews of it, everyone's saying, well, you know, it's, it sort of works sometimes and, you know, sort of, you know, eventually gets to the point where you can do something and, you know, it's sort of erratic. It, it's, it's something that, um, it's kind of a fluff feature. It's frosting. And that's the easiest thing to do is, you know, what can we, if you look at a group of people that are planning a project and they're like, what can we do to make this phone cool? It's like, let's add this and let's add that. You know, we have this technology, we can apply it in this sort of way. And, you know, Apple does that too. But Apple's also working on a lot of core stuff. I mean, they're developing their own operating system. So they can do things. They can work along a, a roadmap and build things that somebody who's just adding fluff to Android can't do. And the thing is here, all these features, you know, like the gestures where you have this proximity situation where you hold your hands like a half inch above the phone and it recognizes gestures. Kind of reminds me of the Power Mac G4 Cube. Features like that. How do they integrate with the overall operating system and user experience? It's like they stand alone. Yeah, well, there's only so much depth you can have in frosting. So if you're putting, like, cool new things on top, you're limited in how much significance you can have. You you can do these, like, hand gestures and eye recognition. And, you know, it's like there's an element of cool to it, but they're not done really well. I mean, what Samsung is doing now feels a lot like what Apple was doing in the early 90s you know, just trying to add fluff to their stuff so people would buy their stuff. And they're not making as much money as they need to be to, to maintain, sustain a, a real platform and, and do something amazing going forward. So I think they're going to increasingly have problems in that direction. The question being, where do they go from there? Do they make this phone bigger? Do they add more fluff? When do you run out of the fluff? And then look at this curious situation here with the Galaxy S4. It's using the current Android, which is 4.2.2, but comes out a month before the next major Android release, which, you know, may be an extraordinary release. I have no idea what it's going to have, the next version of Android. But in a sense, it means that both HTC and Samsung are releasing flagship smartphones powered by Android but not using the latest and greatest. So in a sense, they're almost obsolete on the day of release because we don't know, once again, fully how the new Google Android will integrate. We have to see. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Do you suffer from low-functioning adrenal or thyroid gland? Did you know that mercury from your dental fillings comes off your teeth both as a vapor and as metal particles into your body? Wherever mercury deposits in your body, it stops cells from functioning normally. Animal studies show that mercury causes kidney function to drop by 60%. Mercury deposited into your adrenals or thyroid will cause a corresponding drop in function. The number one method by which your body detoxifies itself of mercury is glutathione. The number one superfood that helps turn on all 75 trillion cells of your body to produce glutathione is non-denatured whey protein from grass-fed cows. After investigating most high-end whey proteins on the market, only one is the most non-denatured, the most active, the most complete, and in our opinion, the most powerful in what nature originally put into the fresh raw whey. It is One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325 or visit oneworldway.com that's oneworld w-h-e-y.com welcome back to your get night out live where you never know what's going to happen next and now it's uncle gene yeah it's him Daniel Aaron Dilgrove, Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com joins us. So, Daniel, in our previous segment, I was mentioning the fact that in the sense of not depending on Google or Android, we have the next Android coming out a month after the HTC and Samsung smartphones. That timing is kind of off, isn't it? Well, that's the product of, of separating your software and hardware development. And it's interesting, you know, you go back to the 90s, people thought that that was like the most amazing, correct way of doing things because that's what Microsoft had done. And besieged Apple, I mean, they were like, you, what you need to do is you need to split off your hardware and your software so both can go, you know, at, at their own speed. And Apple never did that. And people were like, oh, they should have done it. And then Palm came along and Palm did that. And their software went this way and their hardware went that way. And they just imploded as a company. Like, immediately went from being industry darling that was, you know, had a higher market cap than Apple, which was ridiculous in itself. But as soon as they split, they hit the ground. Every other company that I have ever thought about or read about or looked at when they split directions, it has not been good. And if you look at what Apple's done over the last 15 years, a lot of it has been about this integration. They keep focusing on that, that their software and their hardware progress together. And in some cases, there's problems where, you know, the software team develops some feature that can't be implemented yet or vice versa, and it waits until the next, whenever the next product comes out. But in general, it works pretty well. And when you compare that to what Microsoft is doing, and particularly Google's Android platform, which, unlike Microsoft, is not controlled centrally and is not really dictated by this powerful operating system company that has a lock on the market, Google is just like giving its stuff away. And so it has absolutely no control about how anything is used. And the result of that is the Android ecosystem of all this hardware that's like really cool hardware that a lot of it isn't even exploited because the software isn't up to be up to speed. And 
vice versa. You have Google coming out with new versions of the operating system that are never put on phones because it's there's all this extra work in terms of getting it deployed and tested on all these different phone systems. So it's really showing that the the whole concept of ripping a device in half and selling and maintaining both halves of it in separate parallel sort of unconnected universes does not work very well. We don't see that in any other industry. We don't see it in cars. We don't see it in any other sort of industry where you have two companies building two halves of a product and they're trying to put it together. But the big problem I see with Google is the fact that their largest Android smartphone maker, the one that makes most of the profits, is basically divorcing themselves to some degree from Android and dependence on Android. Uh, It's kind of more than that, because if you look at what Android is, I mean, people talk about Android like it's a product. What Android really is, is Google's version of Java running on Linux. And on top of that, and it's all free, and anybody can do anything they want with it. But on top of that, Google has its own proprietary level of stuff that it gets its value from. So if you use the Google or the Android plus Google with Google, whatever they call it, you get the the value of Google's apps, and then Google gets traffic and a place to put its ads. So if you look at a company like um, Samsung, Samsung is leveraging Android initially, but at this point they're to the point where they don't need so much support from Google. And so if you look at where the value is, the entirety of Android, they could take and go in whatever direction they want. They could also replace you know, Linux with their own version of Linux, which they already have one. They, they started Bada, and then it actually did fairly well. They were actually selling more Bada phones and Windows Phone 7 phones, um, which doesn't say a lot, but it says something that's you can create your own platform and it works better than Microsoft's for sales. But they saw a lot more market direction behind their Android devices, so they focused on that. But now they're to the point where the only reason Samsung needs to use Android, because it's not like there's a huge app system that they can... It's not like there's amazing apps for Android that are keeping people buying their phones. People buy Samsung phones because they're cheap and because they're um, available and the hardware is fairly good. The Android users aren't putting tons of apps on their phones. I mean, there's all kinds of metrics that show that. So all they have to do is either um, create their own version of Linux or fork Android and use it in a way that doesn't benefit Google at all. And the the thing that you're talking about, that Google's biggest licensee is no longer under its control, well, that's already happened once with Amazon. They took Android and then they took it in their own direction And it doesn't really benefit Google at all. So how many more companies are going to do the same thing before people realize, oh, the whole idea of giving away your operating system and hoping that it will work like a Trojan horse to to bring your ad platform with it, when it's quite easy to strip the, the ad part off and use it however you want with your own ads or however you want to do it. I always thought Android was not a brilliant idea. And it appears to be not working. But you look at the next thing that could possibly happen here, which is that, as you say, Samsung moves away from Android, forks it themselves, adds their own operating system, expands their own ecosystem to make Android less of a factor. Then we have Google where Mr. Android himself, Andy Rubin, is in a different division of the company. Now, is that a reason for this? 
Is that why he moved over? Because there are issues with Android have to be resolved. At what point does Google say, maybe it's not giving us enough income. It'll be like Google Reader will just give it up. Well, there's always kind of a sense with an Android platform that Google was doing it just because it was sort of an interim step, but that was the easiest thing to do. And what they really wanted to do was not promote, you know, this version of Java and Flash and instead go right to HTML5 apps. And so while they're talking, you know, while they were promoting Android, they're also starting to talk about Chrome OS as a, a parallel effort. And you look at that and what are they doing? It's kind of like, it's only back in the day when Apple had the Macintosh and they had the Newton. It's like, well, we have to, we have to shape the Newton so it doesn't look like a Macintosh and compete with it. But it's like you're coming up with two platforms. So which one is your future and which one is your garbage? Because I don't think you can do both. And it's the same thing with Google today. It's like, what, how can you do this? And people are talking about, oh, they're going to merge them together. And it's like, well, there's no merging to be done. You could replace Android with Chrome OS at some point in the future. But all that means is that Android is a temporary stepping stone for you to get to where you are, where you really want. Yeah, but all the apps have been built for Android, and maybe they're not great apps, but there's still hundreds of thousands of them. You basically make them obsolete overnight? Well, it's not really hard to port stuff. I mean, Google has shown in the past that they're not really too concerned about dropping things and going in another direction. But I mean, and again, they're not making lots of money. It's not like Apple dropping, you know, Mac OS Classic to focus on Mac OS X. It's like they're making money on both. So they can like slowly do a transition from one to the other. And you can have a, a, a migration path, but from Android to HTML5 apps... I mean, you can kind of see what they were trying to do. And in reality, what they did was they launched a platform that they don't really love because, I mean, where's the, where's the, what direction do you take Android in at this point? Google is a um, web company. They make web apps and they make web services. So why did they develop this C platform for mobile? The only, the only reason is because the web wasn't strong enough to be a platform of itself on devices yet, but they think it's going to be in the future and they're working toward that. And they're like coming up with their own replacement for JavaScript to be basically create a new web language and turn the web into something that is now sort of theirs to control. They're trying to create internet Explorer on windows and create that sort of monopoly, but they're not going to be able to do that because there's no one. It's quite obvious what they're trying to do and no one's going to back that up. No, no one who's making hardware is going to say, yes, let's, Let's create a new Windows where you're the Microsoft king and we'll give you our money. No one's stupid enough to do that again, all these hardware companies. So doing it really slowly and like in front of everybody, like everyone's just going to like acquiesce and be like, oh, yes, let's bow down and we'll all be tricked again. You know, that's just stupid. Not going to happen. We got more to talk about with Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AppleInsider.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Apple Insider and Roughly Drafted Magazine. We're talking about the things that Google is doing. But with all this that's happening with Android and with Chrome OS, which hasn't proven itself to be at all successful, they have this other fly in the ointment, which is Motorola Mobility. So they buy a failing handset maker, and it doesn't seem to be doing much better under their control. So is that just a drain? Do they eventually just spin it off or what? Well, it's definitely a drain. So I think the real reason, I mean, they, they said, oh, they're buying it for the, the patents. And it's like, okay, so you bought thousands of patents and none of them are useful at, in any level. And it, Google may have thought that they were getting some, you know, more value than they actually got from these patents. But I think the real reason, if, if you look at what Motorola was doing, it's like the the people that were running it were first of all threatening to sue every other Android licensee, which would have been a huge problem because Google was trying to spin the world to say that Apple was this horrible patent aggressor and Microsoft was almost as bad. And all these Android things just are, are like a bunch of doves that have to be protected because, you know, all these horrible hawks are trying to raid them. Th- that was what this narrative they were trying to do. And what, you know, the reality was that, every company that's sort of hurt and realizing that the only weapon they have is patents is going to start suing everybody else. And so Motorola was getting ready to start civil war within Android, which would have been really bad. And it's already started, you know, Google can't fully contain it, but they thought that if they bought Motorola, they could prevent that from happening. And so they paid a ridiculous price for it. It was purely ridiculous. And the only way that they could, say that that, you know, the up was down, was to say, oh, we're buying it for this huge patent portfolio, and we're going to use that to protect Android. Well, didn't work out when they tried. They, you know, they, they took some of these patents. I don't know if they're all, they weren't necessarily from Motorola, but, you know, they, they fed patents to HTC and other companies that were suing Apple and tried to create this sort of impression that Android was this, you know, group of people that needed to be saved from outside attacks of patents. But now, I mean, that these companies are starting to attack each other. LG and Samsung are starting to fight back and forth, and HTC, I think, is going to try to sue everybody. But, I mean, the point was to stop Motorola from, A, assaulting the rest of the Android ecosystem, and, B, to stop Motorola from ditching Android to go partner with Microsoft in the way that Nokia had, because they were threatening to do that, too. And so if any, either of those two things have happened, it would have made Android look terrible. And so Google paid 
ridiculous billions of dollars to basically keep alive a, a, a fallacy. So now Motorola is not suing everyone else and they're not going to, to use Windows phone. But the flip side was they're not doing anything positive either. They're not making money. They're not building popular phones. So yeah. it's a big mess. Now, you have an article that you originally did at roughlydrafted.com, and you, I guess, adapted it for Apple Insider, and you refer to something called flexibly adaptive logic, and you reduce that to flogic. I like the term flogic, and I think we're getting into that now with Google's decision to buy Motorola Mobility. Yeah, I was when anyone is arguing a point, and their argument is contradictory. It's always fun to like take both ends of their argument and just cross them over and <laughs> just portray how ridiculous it is. Because I mean, you can have an argument, you can have an opinion about anything and you can say, I think the world should be like this. And it's like, well, okay, that's, that's what you think. It's okay. I don't agree with you, but you know, it's valid for you to say that. But if you say that about one company and then you turn around and say the opposite about Apple, it's ridiculous. You can't have it both ways. So if you say this has to happen and that, you know, so the article is just a lot of looking at how, in general, the tech media that's trying so hard to bend over backward and create interesting stories and drama that doesn't exist is inventing excuses for everyone else in the industry. And they're inventing criticisms for a company just to create this sort of sense of, you know, this fair and balanced type reporting where you reduce reality to sort of like the... <sighs> It's just not true. Well, you know, part of the problem in the media today is you always have to have a yes and no. So if you have a liberal point of view that you perceive, you have to have the conservative point of view, and you have to give them equal weight, even though at any one time, one point of view may have a facts on its side or logic, and the other doesn't. But if you look at them as saying, well, I have this set of facts, now I have to find the other point of view and give it equal weight, regardless of whether it deserves equal weight, you really just screw up the whole discussion. Yeah, there's sort of a sense of, in journalism, there's sort of a sense of being unbiased means that you have, that you report things like you're an idiot. Like You have to be a copy day. machine. You sit down there and you copy and you print whatever they tell you. You don't evaluate it or consider which one is the truth, which one is obviously fake. So part of it, yeah, part of it is like maliciously trying to like state things that aren't true. But, you know, there's also, I think a big part of it is that just journalists are lazy. I mean, people who whose job it is, because we've sort of replaced journalism, thanks to the web, with just filling space with sensationalist stuff that will get people to click on a link. So instead of having sort of long-form journalism where people are talking about what's actually happening and the nuance involved and what's going on, you just have these sort of stories where you carry along sort of a, a fantasy idea of where you think things should be, and you look for some facts to support that. And that's not very informative, because anybody can do that. I mean, anybody can you know, start a religion where they come up with a bunch of crazy beliefs and then find explanations to fit them. And that's what they're doing in the tech industry is creating this sort of narrative that they want, they want it to look like this. They want it open to always be better. And so they write something that tries to portray that. And they get some sound bites from people that are saying the things they want to have people say. And it's interesting if you, if you 
Um, as somebody who has written news, I've felt the temptation to be lazy and sometimes am. But more importantly, if you've ever been interviewed by somebody who's doing a news story, no matter what you tell them, a lot of times they'll just twist what you say or even like change what you say to fit what they want the article to say. And it's really fascinating to see that side of the news because then it makes you a lot more skeptical about everything else you read. <laughs> and you realize a lot of what people are reporting are just, there's a lot of invention involved in the story. Well, you know, I covered lots of news stories, traditional news stories in a suburban Philadelphia market alongside the newspapers. And I'd see what went on and I'd record interviews and everything else. Of course, I had 30 seconds to present a story. They had, you know, a thousand words, whatever. And quite often, I wouldn't recognize what they wrote in the paper as anything relating to the story I covered. We'll get into more of this in a moment. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Imagine waking one morning only to find your family shivering in the dark because you couldn't afford to pay your electric bill. That's closer than you think. You probably haven't heard about this yet because the liberal media has been suppressing what is fast becoming the most shocking news story of 2012. Obama's secret war on coal that could increase your already high power bill as much as 400% in coming months. As shocking as it sounds, it may well be just a matter of time before the lights start going out across America. But here's some good news. There's an underground video at Exposed123.com that thousands of smart patriots have used to end their slavery to the corrupt electricity monopoly. The video at Exposed123.com has already been banned by Google, and the liberal media is doing everything in its power to take it down and keep America in the dark. So watch it now at Exposed123.com before it's too late. Again, that's Exposed123.com. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of the 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead, has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Daniel Arundel of Roughly Drafted Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg here in the Tech Night Owl Live, and we're talking now about media coverage, but focusing on the tech industry. So... Someone started the discussion that Apple is in trouble. Everybody went for evidence that Apple is in trouble. Now, one talk show host just the other day was commenting about the fact that we all look for bad news. We don't celebrate success. We look at the downside. So if we know a company is doing very well like Apple, sure, if they're goofing up, we report that. But sometimes you look harder for the negative report because that's the way we're wired. Well, there's more dramatic conflict in that, yes. But there's also another element of when you look at how things are reported, and in addition to sort of being negative, there's also, um, in part, kind of simplifying things to where you're making it so the user, the person who's reading it doesn't have to think at all. You're not presenting them with ideas that they can put together on their own. You're, you're coming up with this sort of super simplistic narrative. And... In some cases, there is um, a motivation to do that. So a lot of things that uh, are reported are kind of, you know, fitting some sort of agenda, whether it's, you know, malicious or whether it's just kind of like we're trying to write about this and this is the angle that we picked and we're trying to line up the facts behind it. Well, the meme is, say, Apple's going out of business, Apple is in trouble, now let's prove it. In other words, you decide the negative as the focus of your story. Well, yes, and part of that is also it's negative right now, but it was super positive before. So when Apple was rising, it was, you know, oh, how incredible Apple's doing so well. At some point, you know, it was kind of negative at first, and then it was like, oh, you know, it's, it, you know, you can't even argue with the fact that Apple's come a long way, so now we have to be positive. And then as soon as it goes down, it's like, oh, it's going to crash and explode and vanish. And the thing going on there is kind of a separate issue of, people trying to be right. 
you look at all these analysts and you know they're wrong so much of the time most of what they say is doesn't end up being correct but they're desperately trying to be right and people don't i don't i don't think people necessarily give them credit for that but all these analysts that are trying to predict for example apple's direction are desperately trying to be correct and to do that they're trying to say things that are perhaps not obvious i mean they're, they're trying not to look stupid they're trying to say something novel and interesting in the hope that if they say something you know the more outlandish thing they can say if it turns out to be right then they look like they're really smart because if you just say what's happening and it's kind of obvious that what you're saying is true then it's like oh well of course the other problem is here is we don't look at a media or financial analyst and engage them on the level of accuracy so they made 12 predictions about apple but only two turned out to be half correct well why pay attention to them yeah and again, it stands out more if you say, if you know, the, the greater delta that you predict, the, the more crazy thing you predict, the more it stands out as, oh, you are right. Because occasionally people do see trends. I mean, there's a lot, there's not a lot of, like, looking at people's track record. But people do see trends to an extent. But I think it's kind of short, short-lived. So if you predict something crazy is going to happen, you know, Apple's going to go down and everyone jumps on that back bandwagon and starts reporting all this negative news. Well, you know, guess what? That's going to freak out investors and the stock is going to go down. But that doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, you, you, you can put someone's stock on, down and it doesn't mean that the company is doing poorly. It means that the perception of the company has been pushed down. And so it's a lot easier to manipulate, for example, a stock price than a company's actual performance. So all these stories about Apple's stock price going down has had a, a pretty significant impact on the stock's price. But all these stories about how, you know, the iPhone 4 antenna was incredibly awful and didn't work. And, you know, you put your phone hand around the phone and it exploded. And all these other stories that have come up since then, you know, Siri's not going to work at all and no one's going to want it and it's stupid and um Maps is so terrible, I get lost in the desert and, you know, buzzards come pick my eyes out. I mean, all this just crazy reporting about how awful Apple's products are has been almost entirely ignored in the marketplace. Let me give you an example of this, by the way. Interesting example that came up. I think this is just USA traffic. I'm not sure. This is from NetMarketShare showing that Apple's Safari browser among mobile devices, mobile Safari, has three times the web traffic as the Android browser. What is that telling us there? So even if supposedly more Android phones are being sold, they're not being used beyond basic things like phone calls and maybe email. Just getting online, people aren't using them. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the lower-end phones, people who historically bought a feature phone there's now like no price difference between getting a feature phone and getting a Android phone running, you know, Android 2.2. So yeah, there's a lot of people that historically just used a phone for a phone and now they have a a smartphone, but they're not using it as a smartphone. That's why you're like what you're observing about apps or the web and also about app usage and app sales. Android is not delivering a app market. There's not this huge dynamic. And if you look at, you know, they keep talking about how Android has half the sales in the U.S. or in slightly more than half and globally. Well, it doesn't matter in the smartphone market 
Because the only reason why Android matters or potentially can matter is if it's a platform that's more important. And having two platforms is not really... And people keep comparing it to um, Windows and Mac. When Windows came out, it became so broadly popular that it became the first place where apps, where a lot of new apps were being developed. And it, it continued to grow faster. So Apple didn't shrink, but it wasn't growing as fast as the rest of the market could. And they remained in sort of niche markets. So people have this idea, and it keeps coming up in, it keeps coming up in um, the way it's reported, is that the same thing is happening now. And so Android is going to take over, and Apple's going to like shrink down to nothing. Well, that didn't happen. What happened before was that Apple stayed the size it was, and the Windows market around it grew larger. And what's happening now is neither of those, those things. Apple is continuing to grow as fast as it can manage to produce devices. And Android is around it as an ecosystem alternative. And the other alternatives are too small to even kind of show up on the radar. But Android as a platform is not congealing. It's not creating the same type of demand for apps and content. The only way you can sell apps on Android is to sell ads on them. So it's a very different market. And usability is very different, too. Or the, the way people are using the devices. So the fact that there's companies, and even the fact that, um, you know, the, the metrics that come up with to say how, how widespread Android is, is based on product shipping, not products being sold. And the model for how they're being sold is completely different as well. People aren't going on buying Android devices at a premium the way they're buying Android or Apple devices. So it's completely different. If they're comparing two different things and trying to reach this conclusion where Android is the new windows, but that's not actually what's happening. And the more you look at these, these different numbers from different angles, the more obvious it is that that's not the case. That is not happening. And it's really easy to see why Google has no control over the platform. It's not like the way windows had total control over the PC platform and they could dictate features and they could say, your, your desktop has to look exactly like this. You, you can't put QuickTime on your computers. All these various things that they told the OEMs. And the OEMs needed to have Windows, so they were marching in line behind Microsoft. And that worked out really well for Microsoft. But that is not what Google is doing. And so they're not going to have the same result. And they're not having the same result. And my prediction is, you know, once you have... Once you get to this point, you can't pull it back in line, and Google's not going to like force Android or force all these Android licensees like Samsung to get in line and, and do what it wants. I'll tell you it, what it, we want. I'll tell you what we want. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live. More to come. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hello, I'm Pastor Broden. The First Amendment is made up of five platforms that are designed to limit government and protect our liberties. Our founding fathers covered in the First Amendment the right to religious liberty, restriction on federal government's interference in our religious liberty, our right to free speech, and the right to a free press. The fifth platform in the First Amendment is the answer to our government operating in an unconstitutional way. The right to peaceably assemble and petition redress for grievances. Redress means to set right, to amend. It is a remedy for a wrong or an ill perpetrated against we the people. To nullify unconstitutional law or executive orders, we must petition redress. Sign our petition for redress at c.x.com. That's c.d.o.t.x.com. Redress equals solution. Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. <laughs> then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. <laughs> Voila. Simple. How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop. Creative radio ads. Very affordable rates. Millions of potential customers and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know.
We have Daniel Arundilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and AtlanSider.com focusing first on problems Microsoft has in making people think they need Windows 8 and failing miserably about the mobile platforms and the problems with Google's Android, which I think are just front and center. But I want to focus maybe this final section on another subject here. And sometimes these things you read are get wacky, like there's now a report about Apple making the so-called ITV, the smart TV. Now, first thing first, we have a trademark problem. You can't call it ITV because that's a trademark of a British TV network. So whatever Apple calls their set, if they make a set, it cannot be ITV. Okay. Second thing is now they are talking about using a magic ring. You follow what I'm talking about here? I I saw that report. Okay. So we're talking about here, you use a ring to navigate the system to navigate your TV set. Now, I was thinking of the character, the Green Lantern, where he has the magic ring that he gets from the spaceman who gives him the powers of the Green Lantern. Type of interface. I don't think it would have that technology involved. Of course not. (laughs) But I was thinking about the nonsensical nature of this, that if you take this ring and you point it at the TV to do something, okay, so that will be, I guess, turning something on or off, but how then... Do you activate other functions? Do you have to move it left, right, up, down? How do you perform anything but pointing the ring for a single function? I've only ever seen the report, you know, a little bit. I mean, it was kind of speculation. But, you know, as an idea, it's not, it's not a terrible idea. Because right now, like, if you, if you used Apple's remote app on the phone with Apple TV, it, you know, it sort of works. And it, you have to, like, pull up your phone, and it has to, like, kind of take a second to log in, and then... You can sway back and forth, and it's a little bit clumsy. And what they're describing with the ring sounds a lot like, you know, like the Sony motion controller for the PS3, or sort of like the Kinect, except, or, or like the Wii, Wii remote. It's just a motion controller. Then there's other companies that have a technology that you have sort of a, it's like a boomerang-shaped remote control that, as you move it, it's motion sensors and gyroscopes. And you know, the TV is picking up what you're doing with your hand. So it's really just sort of a, a way to, you know, multi-touch doesn't make sense for TV because it's across the room. So it's, it's sort of replacing multi-touch with motion control. So, I mean, on a, on a technical level, it does make sense. You could swipe in the air and transmit what you're doing. I mean, the TV is sensing what you're doing with your hand. So you could, I, I, I can see that making sense on a technical level. There were some other things in the report of, I mean, one, one part of it was like, you also have this mini screen. So you have a TV and then you have a mini screen. And it's like, well, of course the mini screen is either an iPod touch or an iPad. And they're like, no, 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 it's not an iPad. And it's like, okay, that, that makes me think your entire report is ridiculous because Apple's not going to sell separate screens with a TV that are not iPads. I mean, just, it, it just at that point, it was like, okay, is this an April fool's joke or what? And I stopped reading. <laughs> The other thing about the motion control is you put the ring on your finger, then you have other members of the family. Do they have rings too? Do they fight over who has the ring? Daddy, can I have the ring? Can I play with the TV set? I mean, I see this as maybe in terms of logic, having some kind of motion control makes sense with a remote, with an eye device or something. But a magic ring, I don't know. Well, I mean, it would be a remote control. So, yeah. We understand that, but I'm saying... The ring itself, the ring form factor, seems kind of awkward. A remote control with gestures, yeah, that makes sense. 
Well, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be like a, I mean, it was in a story where they portrayed it with someone's rendering of like a, a lady's diamond encrusted ring. I don't think it's going to be that, but I mean, you know, you could have like a brass knuckle or something kind of <laughs> set up where you wish to wear it on your hand, which, you know, that sort of makes sense. In the trailer for Man of Steel, the new Superman reboot, which is out in June, they show Superman or Clark Kent, I guess, in his Fortress of Solitude with a tiny ring-shaped device with the Superman or House of L logo on it. So maybe that's where they got the idea. It's really Superman's ring. Hmm, I don't know. I think it was from DigiTimes or something, so you got to take it with a <laughs> grain of salt. <laughs> well, welcome to the world of nonsense. Because I guess that's where it's going. I have to also think of a need for a smart TV set. How would Apple do it, and what need would they fill? And I've gone over this in my mind a number of times. What I could see is being able to link and easily switch among your various accessories with your set-top box, or maybe you have an Apple TV, and you have a DVR, and you have the Blu-ray player, and you've got one or two gaming consoles. And managing that as a bear... It's a problem. It's not easy. Even these universal remotes like the Logitech Harmony are not easy to use and program. And if Apple can solve that problem above anything with a TV set, I think they'd solve 90% of the issues. Yeah, well, the, the problems with the TV, and there are many, you know, you, you use any TV hookup devices like you're talking about, and there's all kinds of things that you could conceivably solve. And the technology to solve those things is not even difficult. You could, you could come out with an amazing television that just did all this cool stuff. But the problem you start running into is the business side. How do you get all these other companies that build devices to you know, enter into a licensing program to interface with your special way of doing things? How do you get content providers and you know, cable channels and Netflix and whoever to, to come on board? And that's the real challenge. That's why nobody's fixed the television because there's all these barriers in the way. It's, uh, there's all this complication. It's a business problem. And then, you know, that's what Steve Jobs said. It wasn't that, oh, we can't figure out how to do this technically because it's so difficult to figure out. It's the business side. And so Google comes in with Google TV and they're like, oh, we figured it all out. It's a, you know, we came out with an Android television and they come out with this device that, you know, you can do certain things with, but the, the market completely ignored it. And even more importantly, the, partners in the cable companies and everything were like, okay, just shut that down. We don't even want you to be able to access web content from that device. But why not have a deal where you provide a direct link to your Cox, to your Comcast, to your direct TV? A lot of these companies already have apps for the iPhone. There's a direct TV and a dish network app for the iPhone, allowing you to access features and functions in your account. So why not do it that way? Instead of working around them, Work with them. Okay, we have the Apple TV. We have an iTV. We'll bring your app within our environment, give it our own custom look and feel, be like a TiVo. You're still getting your customers. We're not telling anybody that they have to go to your service as opposed to anybody else. We'll work with you. You get your customers. We sell TVs. We're all happy. That is the most likely scenario, and that's what Apple is doing on this you know, slow progress towards um, you know, they're sort of slowly making progress in these various areas. They have a lot of support on iOS and they're increasingly adding support to Apple TV. And you can see kind of in the future, it's like it could inch towards that and they can now come out with a product that, but there's some other, there's some other problems. Like one of which is there's a lot of um, content that cable providers have 
the ability to put on a mobile device, but you can't put that mobile device on your television. You can't beam it to your television because there's a monopoly involved with getting that content on the television through the cable provider. So, you know, it's like coming into any industry and finding out, oh, I can't just do whatever I want because there's interests in play and there's unions and there's all these people that have like their own interests that I can't just like bulldoze and replace with what my vision of amazing should be. So you have to work with them. There's no way around that. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the, the ticket in figuring out how the television system is going to work is you have to figure out how to navigate through this stuff. And if you look at what Apple did in the smartphone industry, they partnered with AT&T originally, which was one of the worst carriers in the U.S., and helped turn it into one of the top players in the U.S. I mean, they were faltering when the iPhone came out, and now AT&T is one of the, I think they may be ahead of Verizon now. I don't know if they're ahead, but they're closing the gap, and maybe T-Mobile is going to be better for the iPhone. We'll have to see. Daniel Aaron Dilger, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. I write for RefleyDrafted.com and AppleInsider.com. You can find us on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. We are known as Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also go to TechNightOwl.com, our internet portal. Finding my daily blog, this show, and links to our other shows, such as the Paracast, all about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, all sorts of stuff, and that's also at Paracast.com. Daniel Aaron Dilger, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.